Welcome to Kuden, the radio show and podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Sheehan Jeffrey Miller and Shidoshi Eric White. Sheehan Miller is a 13th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 30 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Shidoshi Eric White has been a student of Sheehan Miller's for over a decade. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you, the self-defense-minded citizen and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Hello and welcome to Kuden. I'm Eric White, joined by Jeffrey Miller, who's once again on the road again. You're just a traveling fool. <laughs> I'm just a traveling country music song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But it's uh, anyway. great to be here after uh, we kind of had our holiday fall in the middle of the week. Uh, right in the, the middle day. of the week, huh? Yeah. I don't know, does that play much havoc with uh, the way your weeks generally fall? It, uh, I know for for here in the radio world, it's kind of odd. Uh, and that's for most people, you know, where Thursday then feels like Monday, and then all of a sudden it's Friday. <laughs> right. Well, we, uh, you know, we close for the holiday because it's a national holiday, but... Uh, you know, then it just causes me to have to uh, reorganize things a little bit. Yeah. So we have uh, a question from last week from Josh that uh, kind of came in right at the tail end of the show. We didn't get a chance to get to. Actually, this was a couple weeks ago. And uh, so we wanted to get to that. Plus, we have uh, want to talk about tips for in- enduring uh, not so much maybe physical endurance. We can talk about some of those things too, but uh, just how, kind of how maybe you can mentally prepare yourself for enduring through hardships. And then um, talk about some events coming up. Uh, I know fall camp's right around the corner. There's a pretty exciting seminar you're doing uh, in the Midwest. And and uh, so we want to get to a number of those topics uh, as we roll through uh, this episode. But we can start off with Josh's question. Uh, I know Josh asked about a preferred method for conditioning conditioning the hands for strikes, uh, involving fingertips or thumbs, uh, practicing on soft surfaces like pillows or using rice or fingertip push-ups. Is there anything uh, specific that that comes to mind that that you like to uh, to use for conditioning the hands for striking? Well, what I told Josh uh, in, in the quickie little email that I sent him. Uh, after, you know, I apologize for missing his question, um, was that uh, while historically, traditionally, right, for all the purists, right, um, there are all these methods. I mean, Takamasate was known for being able to strip the bark from trees, uh, which is all great, but if you've ever seen what his fingernails and his hands look like, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine that his cat had any fur left on it or uh, his wife appreciated a caress to the cheek. Or, not that Japanese have... Uh, typically that kind of sign of affection. But, uh, yeah. So I, long ago when I tried that stuff, and uh, it was working pretty well, um, I also did, ended up not liking the end product, uh, you know, when it came to, uh, you know, touching my children or whatever. So um, one of the things that I was introduced to way back in the day was uh, instead of, worrying about making your uh, your fingernails like talons and, and all that stuff, uh, because we're striking a human body, right? We're not we're not breaking bricks and, and yeah. whatnot. Um, it was about 
strengthening the connective tissue and the, the smaller muscles. There aren't that many muscles in the hand. I mean, there are some, but most of what makes your hand close or the muscles that that um, work the fist, right, uh, are in the wrist and the forearm. And then there are smaller things, but most of that is connective tissue in your hand, right? So the whole idea was in being able to strengthen both the grip and the seating of the fist, uh, especially like Josh was asking with the fingertip strike uh, kind of things, so they don't buckle and, you know, so they're stronger. So uh, that's where we set our, our, our focus. So uh, what I was introduced to was, uh, you know, uh, the grip putty, you know, that you can get it. I think you can even get it at Walmart or whatever, but you can get it at yeah. uh, uh, fitness places. You can get it uh, online or whatever, but they, they have it different, uh, different quote-unquote strengths, right? So uh, where most people will get that stuff, uh, or they'll go the old-fashioned route and get one of those eagle claw kind of devices that you get from, like, Asian World of Martial Arts and some of these other places, right? And they focus conventionally on just strengthening the grip itself by just putting that in the hand and practicing to make fists, right? So, I mean, that makes sense. But what we would do is hold it in the hand and then slide the thumb into place or the individual fingers and press into it like a thumb drive or, you know, uh, with the different fingers, and that really that really strengthens things up that way. Of course, you can still use it to strengthen the grip, but we did it that way. And then um, uh, some alternatives, if you don't want to go the putty route or whatever, uh, we would get uh, things like tennis balls or uh, the little uh, hand balls for squash and, you know, those little blue balls and things like that. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's a different type of blue ball. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you get these things, um, and if the – if when you first get it, like with a tennis ball, if when you first get it, it, um, you know, it's too much, right? Your hand mm. cramps up a lot or whatever. What you can do is just take a knife and just pierce it. Um, and so it's more collapsible, right? Mm. Uh, it mm-hmm. still retains its shape, uh, but then you can just practice pushing in until you, your hand gets stronger and then uh, work up to a solid uh, kind of thing. But that's what I would suggest. I mean, that's my preferred method, which is just working on the grip uh, and, um uh, it helps a lot. So the other thing with, with helping with the impact of things, uh, I just work on, on targets. So uh, at, the, at the dojo, we have these, these big stand-up wave masters. Uh, but, you know, you can – I have no idea what just happened. Oh, I think I hit a button that I wasn't supposed to be hitting. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hold on a second. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? I hear you. You're still there. Did you <laughs> did you lose me at some point? No, no, no. Oh, huh. All right. Well, my. Oh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, I had a problem with electronics here in the in the car. So um, uh, we would also take like military style duffel bags and fill ah. them with um, with uh, loosely fill them with like clothing or rags or whatever. Uh, not dense, like, you know, when we would pack our stuff. To, to, I mean, when I was in the military, you packed everything in there, and then it's just, like, dense. Or you don't make it as dense as, like, the those hanging bags they have for boxing, right? The yeah. The 100 pounds, yeah. things like that, right? Um, even bodies, if they're that if they're that dense, um, it's probably rigor. So, um, hmm. you know, they're probably not a threat, right? So what we do is, is uh, pack it fairly close, but... 
where it would have some give. And that's yeah. actually what we would use as a, as a striking target. So that canvas actually helps a little bit more. But the whole idea is in just hitting, you know, striking targets. So start with something that is, is workable for you, that the um, that your your knuckles or your, your joints don't fold, because what you want to do in the beginning is find proper form and proper positioning. Um, and then you can slowly build up on the tension and, you know, uh, or the, the resistance, right, to, to make things yeah. stronger. But uh, my favorite thing is using the putty or the or the tennis ball idea. So, uh, yeah. And the big thing is, it, this is a really good question, because the, the, the strengthening of the joints and being able to lock things in is really important, especially if someone um, uh, decides that they want to transition from conventional fists, which is what most people see pictures of, you know, whether they're looking mm-hmm. at, Hatsumisete's books or whatever, you know, uh, Boshi-ten is always, you know, you make a clenched fist and you lay the thumb down on top of it, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, it's always this conventional thing. But the Tugakure version uh, is different. The hand is open, and you have to understand how to lock those joints in with the hand open. And the reason Tugakure fists are different is because you were wearing shuko, right, the, the hand claws. So, um, uh you can't make the fist with that metal band going around your hand. So, um, anyway, so but good question, Josh, as usual. <laughs> yeah, that was a great question. So, one of the things that I wanted to uh, kind of pick your brain about and, and hear you talk about was, um, you know, when it comes to enduring, uh, you know, often we talk about the ninja being experts at survival and perseverance and enduring. Um, but, you know, I think that can be, uh, that can be at times extremely hard and yeah. not, not necessarily, you know, uh, maybe physical endurance, like, you know, can you, can you run five miles or something, you know, like that? Uh, of course, those are things, uh, we can work on, but when it comes to enduring hardships, uh, when trying to attain goals, you know, what are, what are some things that, uh, perhaps the ninja touched on, or there are, uh, tips that are, or, or advice you've picked up along the way about, uh, kind of enduring some of those hardest moments of, uh, things getting in the way when you're trying to reach a goal or, or feeling, you know, mm-hmm. overloaded or, um, cause you know, as, as both you and I, we talked about before this call and many times, uh, you know, we stay extremely busy with, uh, careers or passions or anything that we're, we're chasing after in terms of goals. But, um, you know, often with family obligations and those types of things that are part of mar- modern life, uh, how, how does one, how can one work at, you know, kind of continuing to trudge through the path at some of those hardest, hardest moments? Yeah. Um, I, well, you know what? I think this includes the physical stuff too, because um, you know, no matter how how much you can work on being able to run further or farther or whatever, um, mm-hmm. all this goes back to mental, right? It all goes back to um, just having the intention and the. I, I wouldn't even say the intention because you know uh, what they say: the uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, it's really not about intention and it's not about ability. It's about willingness, right? And so, uh, regardless of what we can do, right, it's it's being able to do it 
in the moment you think about, you know, I really should do that thing, and then you get that that weird feeling, right, mm. where you throw up resistance for yourself. It's this unconscious or subconscious resistance, and um, you know, there's that part of you that's like, for whatever reason, you know, that's going to hurt or it's uncomfortable or I'll do it tomorrow or whatever. Um, so whether the whether we're talking about a, a mental goal or whatever, it really has to do with this thing that Hatsumi Sensei has been using for decades, which is keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nobody ever said you had to like it, right? Um as a matter of fact, in, let's see, Tuesday's class for my inner circle guys, uh, this is philosophy week. I have my weeks now broken down into uh, different themes. So one week is philosophy, one week is strategy, one week is uh, skills and techniques, and one week hmm. is weapons. And then if we have a, a freebie week or whatever, uh, you know, I come up with something. But um, uh, so for the philosophy week, we, um, we were uh, kind of breaking down the kanji and the implications of this saying. Uh, you know, a lot of people are familiar with something that, that Takamatsu Sensei had passed on, uh, the Kajiwaraku poem, right? The, the wisdom of the wildflowers in the meadow. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you know that one, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, one of his teachers, uh, Toto Sensei, uh, had one that was uh, Kyojaku Goju, uh, uh, Kyojaku Jugo. Kyojaku uh, Jugo, yeah, that's it. Right? And um, each of these kanji, they're just—it's just a—it's just a, um, an aspect. It, it doesn't—it doesn't spell out a sentence. You're supposed to go beyond things, right? Mm-hmm. So what we did is we broke down the different kanji and how uh, this—the the last kanji is really about power. Okay? It's just—it's about creating power and understanding it and, and all that kind of stuff, right? But the first three kanji, uh, the first one is the kanji for strength. The second one is the kanji for weakness. And the third kanji is the kanji for flexibility or softness, like the hmm. uh, like the Jew in judo, right? Uh, which means way of softness or way of flexibility, way of adaptability, that kind of thing. And so, um, really, it's in in just diving deep into this stuff uh, to understand, you know, when we're strong, when we're weak, when we're flexible, when we're not, and in areas of our lives that we are or aren't, and all that. So, uh, you know. These are great little exercises for people, but um, it really is about putting it uh, into application. So, uh, we've been, so we've been jumping around with these things a little bit. And endurance is one of those things that um, nobody really likes to hear it, but it's 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 practicing to keep going when when you don't want to, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you know most people they they, do, they think about practicing and they think about working out or whatever because either the topic or the time of day or whatever is convenient, but that's not when we're going to need this stuff, right? We're going to need it when it's inconvenient. So the the thing is to wire yourself to do things even when you don't want to, right? Um, mm. Because in all in all honesty, nobody ever said you had to like it, right? Um, uh, where was I going to go with that? The um, I, I just saw a study that they did that they um, it's been determined that the human being that's all of us me you everybody right the human being is two to three times more likely to avoid a negative than to move toward a positive. Okay, 
So what this really points to is that the general approach that people take to personal development um, doesn't work nearly as well as the old-fashioned, old-school way of moving toward personal development, okay? Because the new way is about nurturing people and, you know, mm. being all nice and right. having them focus on how their life will be better when they get what they want and all that. Um, but what they, let, Let's take an analogy, and this was actually in this one report that I saw. Take an analogy of uh, winning or losing $100, okay? People spend two to three times the amount of energy or whatever – to not lose $100 than they do to win $100. Now, that's mental, right? Because they're going to yeah. think about it and yeah. the pros and cons and all that. But what if I told you that the same was true two to three times more in the way of satisfaction or dissatisfaction that comes from – this is something coming from the heart, right? People are actually two to three times more dissatisfied when they lose that $100 than they are when they win $100, right? Hmm. So mm -hmm. how is that possible, right? Because everybody's talking about, well, I'd you know, like to win a million dollars and, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, okay? Because here's what happens with most human beings. Most human beings are doing well. Even if they don't like their condition, they're existing, and they've adapted to the current condition. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay? They may want more things but they're doing okay with what they have, okay, regardless of how much extra they want. It's like all these people now that are complaining about, you know, the way the country is and blah, 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 and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, right? But they won't sacrifice themselves and put themselves in the line of fire other than, you know, posting a bunch of crap on Facebook. Um, <laughs> but, but they, you know, they, they're okay, right? I mean, we're doing a whole lot better than they are in lots of other countries, right? But either way, um, so what ends up happening is when somebody is thinking about earning an extra $100 because maybe they want to go on vacation or maybe they want to buy that other thing, right? They're yeah. already doing okay without that other thing. They're already doing okay without learning that other content. They're already doing okay without mastering that other weapon. They're already okay with you know, they've already missed a bunch of seminars, so this one's just another one that I'm going to be disappointed for, what, half a day, maybe a week? Who knows, right? Uh, because yeah. I have to miss this seminar or whatever. Because they're doing okay, right? So the winning of $100 or the somebody giving you $100 or whatever, while that seems great when you think about it and on that first impulse, right, if you were asked to participate in something – where you risk losing $100, losing $100 is backing up, hmm. okay? It's backing up from the position you're in right now, okay? So most people will resist that harder. Or if they lost $100, and see, this is, this is, the, perspe this is the perspective difference between masters and I'm even going to throw this in the ring, right? Rich people, super successful people and all that, it's their, it's their association with risk right? They're okay with losing. They're okay with backing up two or three steps to move forward because they still see that loss as a gain because they learned one way to not make it happen. Or they now have an experience that they can, they can process and think about and look at that can help them not make the same mistakes moving forward the next time, right? 
So, yeah. um, but for most people, their association is, oh, see what, see what I lost, right? So hmm. my suggestion and what I've been told by teachers along the way is um, give yourself a reason to not back up, okay? So when, when people are, are thinking about, you know, the whole self-defense thing or whatever, right, um, I talk about how good your family better look in black if you screw this up way more often than I talk about, think about the skills you're going to have when you do things. Although, I mean, people still need to hear that because it buys into their fantasy story about the superhero they're going to be, right, when they get where they're going. But the things that really make, that make people stick to something when the going gets rough is failure not being an option. And it's one thing to, to mentally say failure is not an option, right? But when we, when we apply the tactic that Chinese generals or generals throughout history have used where, you know, they'll, they'll move their people into an area, uh, there's an old story about a Chinese general uh, that took his troops into a new land they're going to be conquering, and as soon as they were off the ships, he ordered the ships burned, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was a do-or-die situation. There is no retreat. There is no hopping on the boat and going back home because you're in enemy territory, right? If you lose, whether you got killed in battle or, you know, you're going to end up a prisoner for the rest of your life or they kill you afterwards or whatever – Right, you're going to die one way or the other, so you better put everything into winning. And so the, the philosophy here is burn your ships. Okay, mm. make it so that you can't back up. Right, and however that has to happen for some people, it's looking to, into the eyes of your child or your significant other or whatever, and associating with the. What if I don't learn this right? What if I screw this up? This person. You know, can't depend on my arrogance. They can't depend on my um, my bullshit and my fantasy stories. They're depending on me actually having these skills, right? So, um, you know, it, and that, and that's where you go, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've done to move forward, um, you know, and the safe way to do this is, uh, you know, you have a job, you don't like the job, so you. Um, you uh, spend a lot of time putting in applications, and you wait until something better comes along or whatever. And most people don't do that. They, don't, you know, they say they're looking for something better, but they're lucky if they, you know, send out zero resumes a year, right? So right. they're not really looking, right? I don't know what the hell they were looking for, right? Looking for somebody to walk up to them and go, "Hey, let me give you a job for a million a year," um, <laughs> but. If you um, build up a life that, you know, you've got, you've got bills. Uh, Takamatsu, they always said, right? Only true warriors, only people, uh, not true warriors, only people that actually have a significant amount to lose, right? They've got a lot mm-hmm. to lose, can truly understand what it means to be a warrior, right? So um, somebody who has nothing to lose, they'll jump into all kinds of crap. They'll get involved in all kinds of uh, Lame brain ideas, they'll get involved in, in, you know, risky things. or They've got nothing to lose, right? It's like the thug yeah. comes up to you and wants to jump you on the street. He's got nothing to lose. You know, you can, there's nothing you can do to negotiate your way out of that because he, it's, everything's uphill for him. The money in your wallet, 
the bragging rights, whatever, it's all uphill, right? So, um, you know, you, you develop a life like this, and then you want something better? Quit today. You now have until what? The savings run out yeah. to be replacing that income at least, if not more. Right, so that's what it, that's what it means. That's what it's meant by burning your ships, right? And that's the kind of thing that freaks people out, right? Because hmm. oh my God, that's that's irresponsible. Mm, yeah, okay. From one perspective, it's irresponsible. From another perspective, it's highly motivated. Okay, um, one of my students, his wife lost her job because of the the company she was a she was a long distance RN. She was basically a tele nurse kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they went belly up. She lost her job, okay? Mm. She put out 300 resumes over the course of three months before she replaced her job. That's somebody who is actively trying to get a job, not the guy who, you know, won't put his cell phone down for 15 minutes or 15 hours to get the, you know, the resume right, doing all the research, to get things out and all that kind of stuff, Right. She was looking. That's somebody who's looking. That's somebody who's who's actively out there doing what they need to do. But 300, yeah. 300 resumes over three months before she landed a job. Now, she's a professional, so people that are just, you know, that are looking for, for uh, labor jobs or whatever, things that are just, they don't, they don't have the same kind of requirements, right, be able to lift 50 pounds or, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not demeaning those jobs. I'm just saying that there's less yeah. barrier to entry. Right, that they should be able to find one in way less time. Okay, but what you hear is you hear excuses and you hear the I don't want to hear it from anybody that uh, you know uh, uh, you know you're not trying hard enough or whatever because you just don't understand my circumstances and uh, you know many of your teachers in this art pulled themselves pulled themselves up out of poverty, myself included. So um, yeah, no, we do understand. We understand. Mm-hmm that there's a difference between a reason and an excuse, and most people's reasons are excuses, okay? If they really stood back and they really wanted to be honest, right, they didn't, they're not spending their extra waking hours, right, non-working hours or whatever, actively engaged in trying to better their situation. And I know this because several of the same people who made the post that I just talked about also post who wants to spend their time off writing resumes and and doing all this extra work well the guy who do, who really does want to improve their situation because successful people are also people that um are willing to delay gratification to get a better result right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um but enduring really has to do with um moving when you don't want to move doing it when you don't want to do it Right, you don't feel like it or whatever. Who cares? Right? Um, it's either important enough to do, or let me change that. Being where you are is unacceptable. Because if it's not unacceptable, then there's no reason to move forward. There's no imperative reason to move forward. Right? It's not a one, or it's not a it's not a desire. Right? It's a one. It's you know it, it'd be nice to, right? But what, one way to, to, to re, uh, rethink this is, you know, if you think about the condition where you want to be, right, you have these new skills or this new job or whatever, 
what happens if you slip, right? Well, in that new job, right, I can put some extra money into savings as long as I have financial sensibilities. I can do all this stuff, right? And then if something happens, um, I've put enough money into savings so I have a three-month buffer. Okay, I can do that. Right now, no, I'm not talking about me, but you get the idea, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But in my condition right now, I can't put money into savings. I'm living hand-to-mouth every week. Okay, great. What happens if you lose what you have right now? And most people that are in that condition would go, well, shit, I'd be homeless or, you know, whatever. Okay. So, well, you know, while you may be okay with being homeless, again, look at your significant other, look at your children. Are you okay with them being homeless? Right? Yeah. Um, right. I have, yeah. I've told people over and over again, I have the skills. I can move off to the mountains and, you know, I can make all kinds of shelters and I can live very, very comfortably. But two things, you know, cause a problem for that. One, I'm going to miss my Netflix, right? <laughs> so um, I kind of appreciate that, right? Yeah. Um, but um, my children will not have that. That won't. That wouldn't have been their choice, right? So I would be forcing them into a position where, no matter how bad things are on their worst days when they're angry with me, um, that'd be a whole lot worse. So um, I don't do that. I have the skills to do it, but that doesn't mean I choose to do it, right? So hmm. I don't know if this helps or not, but um, endurance has nothing to do with. Um, intention, it has nothing to do with your physical ability. It has to do with your willingness and mm. the willingness to do things when it's not comfortable. Because anybody can do things that's comfortable. Jesus Christ. It's one of the things I learned during my military career. The, the leaders, when I, when I was, a, you know, just a new enlisted guy, I never could understand. I, I thought that they were, um, I thought my leaders were uh, sadistic, right? Mm. Because they would pray for bad weather when we had a field training exercise coming up. And I'm like, okay, right, I already don't want to be out there, and now you're doing this. And they just look at me and smile, and one, <laughs> one time said, you don't get this, right? Yes, we want it to be the worst possible conditions, because if you can do it then, everything else is easier. Hmm. So get used to that. And how many times have we gone over this, right, with the, the three aspects of a ninja and how the training is supposed to be more challenging than even the problems that life can throw at you? But, yeah. you know, um, I don't know. I, nobody's complaining about training. They're all complaining about life, but they're not complaining about training. So um, <laughs> right? I'm thinking that training is pretty pleasant, and it's probably an escape from their day-to-day life, but they've got the same problems when they go back. So Right. Anyway, hmm. you know, so... We'll see how many people uh, unsubscribe or or drop from things like that because this is another one of those those touchy subjects that it, it really comes down to the individual, right? Um, you know, do you ask for the help you need? Do you ask for it from the kind of people who can give it to you, right? Hmm. Um, or are you just looking for for help from people who are just going to tell you what you want to hear, right? Um, or do you hang out with negative people, right? Um, what do you do when you think about exercising or you think about practicing or you think about uh, going out looking for a new job or whatever, and those internal feelings come up, right? Your gut starts to churn or you get that, that little kid or teenager 
like, not, not a depression feeling, but you know the feeling I'm talking about when you don't want to yeah. do something, right, but you have to, and then there's this, there's this feeling, right? Um, I see it in the eyes of my 14-year-old stepson all the time, right? And um, adults still get the same thing, right? So the question is, what do you do when that happens? If you fold, that's not endurance. But the more mm. you practice going through difficult times, the better you get at going through difficult times. So this is no different than yeah. concentration. It's no different than respect. You wire yourself for these things. The trick is doing it often enough and long enough to rewire and recreate yourself to become an enduring person. You don't you don't becoming an you don't become an enduring person by avoiding challenges. You become an enduring person by actually going through more challenges than everybody else. Or worse challenges. Or whatever. So, um, burn your ship. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> You're like a high potentate. Nah. Well, you eh. know, some, some some of the things I think of are are kind of um, focus, like uh, whatever you might be focused on, a goal. You know, you talk about job or lifestyle. Um, being able to kind of control where your focus goes. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, I'll look too big picture and then things can be very overwhelming. And so you have to remind myself to kind of look at next step. Okay, well, what's the next next thing right in front of me? Deal with that. Uh, and that can kind of help. Or sometimes uh, it's the opposite. Sometimes it can be you feel like you're doing just these little steps. You know, maybe it's just working on you know, endurance for a run or trying to do more push-ups. Or it, it applies, I think, to anything. If if you're focused on just a little thing right in front of you, it can seem like, well, I'm not getting anywhere. And so then you kind of have to step back and look at bigger picture. Well, where is it taking you? So sometimes I think uh, being able to control your focus bigger or smaller can be helpful uh, while you're trying yeah, to Yeah, and, the, you know, the other thing to remember, too, is that for, especially if, for folks that are not conditioned for this, it's not it's not their normal operating procedure, right? Like um, uh, I've got a couple of um, students that, you know, if the gas prices go up, right, gasoline prices go up, uh, the first words out of their mouth, oh, my God, you see gasoline prices? I, you know, was already pushing it with the last ones, and, you know, now they're, they're going up again. And I barely noticed. And when I do notice, like the, there were a couple of times here in the in the past couple of years where they jumped significantly, right? Yeah. Looking back, I, I smile now because yes, it was it was a surprise that it went up more than a couple of cents here or there. But the first words out of my in my head, not even before they came out of my mouth, the first words in my head were, hmm, "Guess I need to enroll a couple of new students." Hmm. <laughs> you know, I just I, I. So what do I put in place? How do I make changes? That will improve my condition. That this is not going to be more than a blip on my on my radar screen, right? Mm -hmm. Because as, as Shidoshi Malmstrom taught me a long, long time ago, pissing and moaning about it doesn't change the condition. You either changing how you relate to it, uh, your proximity to it, or how you're going to deal with it. That's what changes it, right? And it doesn't necessarily change the condition, but it changes you, right? So. Remember one of the definitions we have for kamae that I got from a Japanese friend a long, long time ago, right, was kamae, one way to translate kamae is being aware of your condition, right? Hmm. So manage your condition. If you don't like your condition, improve your condition, right? If you're, 
you know, in the dojo, we talk about kamai, right? And your kamai has to be right, or he can get in at targets and all that stuff. It's the same thing with life. No matter where you are in life right now, that's your kamai, right? So if yeah. you want to be in a better position, change your freaking kamai, right? <laughs> Stop expecting the world to change. That's like, you know, the bad guy decides he's going to jump you, and just by merely wanting him to not. He'll go, oh, oh, okay, dude, uh, sorry, wrong guy. Uh, let me go down the street and get somebody else. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. Right. right. So yeah. um, change your relationship to it. So, yeah. Um, oh, and that's what I was going to say, too. Um, you know, when, when, when often when people think about making changes or when they want to make improvements or whatever, right, the first thing that they start thinking about or they think that the dream has to be building the Taj Mahal. Right, they're going to go from living on a in a in a, uh, a hut on the beach to having the Taj Mahal, right? And they think about how astronomically large this this uh, this you know task is going to be, right? One, I'd live in a hut on the beach right now. I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, you just take it in small steps. I mean, you know, if if the the idea of getting out and running. You know, you need to, you know you need to get some exercise or whatever. If the idea of getting out and running just doesn't make you feel all that great or maybe your physical condition, you know, my knees hurt, my hips hurt, yeah, mine too, right? Um, if that's too much, then how about taking something small like walk out your front door, go down to the walk, and walk around the block? How about if you just start with that? Yeah. And if that's too much, walk around your house once. Right? Do something. And then the next time, add a little bit. So if you walk around the house today, and maybe you're going to do that for the rest of the week and the weekend. Then on Monday, walk down to the corner, walk back to your front lot or front walk, and then walk around your house. And then keep doing it until you're finally walking around the block. And then you can walk two blocks in either direction. And then, you know, eventually your body will catch up and you'll feel like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can jog for one quarter of this or, you know, whatever. Take it in small steps. Trey Sensei mentions that all the time, right? These little improvements. You've seen him do it where he puts his hand out and say, this is your condition, and make a little change. He puts his other hand on top of it, little change. Little, you know, he'll say little step, little step. Um, and, and that's it. You just make these little changes, and eventually what you have is a new you and a whole new life, right? So mm -hmm. take it. A little bit at a time, right? It, the, 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 the one of the most um, crushing things can that that you can do to yourself is just throw yourself into a whole new you and a whole new life. You know, you're just going to change 100% of everything. Um, yeah, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Um, <laughs> well, it might for 0.0001% of the population, but. Um, hmm. But pick something and just do it longer. Work through things, right? Um, just you got to get into the you got to get into the practice of um, of enduring. I mean, just you know. Anyway, Stephen Hayes was always big on, on talking about creating those situations that you need to have, right? Mm. In Mikio, we talk <laughs> about uh, right speech isn't just saying the right things, 
um, at the right time to get other people to do things or to affect or to communicate better or whatever. Sometimes mantra or right speech is used to make sure that you're hearing what you need to hear. I'm a positive, powerful individual in control of my life. You know, positive affirmations, um, it's one thing, but say the things you need to hear, right? Uh, right livelihood, being in, in experiences and conditions, right? Um, you know, if you need more peace and tranquility in your life because there's too much stress, then go to a park and go for a walk or, you know, every once in a while go to, you know, go someplace, a museum or whatever where it's quiet and tranquil, right, and walk around for a little bit or just sit there, right, in quiet and peace and tranquility. Um, so now what I'm experiencing is that which I would like to experience more, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if it's the same thing with, with seeing beauty and all that, then go someplace where you see beauty and put yourself in front of it. So the whole idea is, create experiences for yourself so that you can see that which you need to see. You can hear that which you need to hear, and you can experience that which you need to experience. And it's, it's the secret to Mikyo. I mean, it's the, the San Mitsu in action. So this is the same thing with endurance. But endurance pushes the envelope because you need to create a challenge for yourself um, and, then, and then endure it, right? I'm trying to work through this with my 14-year-old because his his uh, typical way of handling things when he gets into an argument with his sister and he gets frustrated is to run off. Mm. I said, you know, we're going to need to work with that because you want to go in the military and you want to work for NASA and you don't think there's going to be a lot of stress and you need yeah. to be a team player and all that. So how about if we start working on that so the next time you feel the urge to run off, don't. You can be quiet. You can stop arguing. You can not engage with her. You can do all kinds of things, but practice not running away. You know, if, if it were somebody else and their their uh, trigger is to start yelling and ranting and raving back, then don't do that. Endure whatever, including your own urge to act like you always act. Because the only way to change the way you do things is to change the way you do things and then hmm. practice the new thing, right? So anyway, uh, not an easy topic, but hopefully I threw out enough things that will help people because, you know, yeah. all of us deal with it. All of us deal with uh, things that we have to endure. You know, we'd like to think that Hatsumi Sensei doesn't because he's a master. We'd like to think that the master teachers don't and all that. But, you know, I hear the stories, and, and Hatsumi Sensei's mentioned this along the way as well, you know, even from way back. Right, my earliest one of my earliest lessons for endurance with Hatsumi Sensei um, was uh, him saying that you know everybody thinks it's great to be the grandmaster, right? But it's not great, right? Your wife still yells at you. She still wants you to take out the trash, um, you know, whatever, right? So um, it's Ash Wright Sensei. He was always making the demon horns at his forehead when he references his wife. <laughs> so, but you know. He hasn't run off. He hasn't, you know, done the divorce thing or whatever. Uh, he talked about getting a gift when he goes someplace or whatever because he's trying to maintain balance. Good balance yeah. make, good situ or good balance do, good situation make. You know, um, all these all these were little lessons from from teachers along the way. 
whether it's Shidoshi Malmstrom or Soke or Shrey Sensei or whatever, um, you know, um, it's it's about the willingness, right, more than anything else, right? Because if you're not willing, no matter what it is, then it doesn't matter. Hmm. It doesn't matter what your physical abilities are. It's the same thing with somebody jumps in your face and, and wants to attack you, right? You have to be willing to lose big time before you ever stand a chance to win, right? Otherwise, if you're not willing to to go the distance, which means your family looks good in black, if you're not willing to go hmm. that far, then don't be there. Get really good at running, okay? Get really good at anything other than martial arts because you have to be willing, right? You have to be willing to go farther than he is. That's endurance. Yeah. yeah. Right? Hmm. So, anyway. How about we have, that? uh, <laughs> that's, no, nah, that's good. That's really good stuff. Um, we have, uh, before we kind of wrap things up, I know there's a number of uh, events that are just kind of around the corner, things that will be coming up before we know it, uh, like fall camp. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the I dates just put that on the calendar. Here. They are, and I, I need to do up the uh, the uh, Facebook event page, and I need to uh, make adjustments. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start all over with the template for uh, fall camp this time around on the website. But yeah, we'll be we'll be ready to start taking registrations here probably by Monday. Uh, fall camp is scheduled for October nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first. And when I say nineteenth, everybody you know looks at the calendar and like, oh, it's a Friday, I have to work. Um, we don't start until eight o'clock at night. Okay, so there's an optional session on Friday evening from eight to ten. Um, Saturday and Sunday are the full day training. We're done Sunday somewhere between five and six. Um, and then people can head off to the world. You don't have to do the whole thing. You can do a single day. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's when we're going to be doing that. And then uh, one of my guys, one of my black belts, uh, moved uh, home to Indiana. I think it's where his wife is from or something like that. Uh, he took over his father-in-law's uh, church, actually. He's a pastor. And um, he started a training group, Steve Davis. If people have heard him on the mm. on the mm-hmm. calls here occasionally. And uh, – we're working together to do a fall seminar in Indiana, and um, uh, he's making the final arrangements on the location. And then once we're sure that we have that, and to what extent, right? Do we just have it for the seminar? Because this is a big facility, uh, and there's actually dormitories, so it might be possible to do a uh, you know thing where people can stay over uh, Friday night or something like that if they need to. But again, we want to do a. This is probably going to be doing a day and a little bit, where uh, the seminar will be all day Saturday, and uh, we're looking at doing an uh, an optional or a closed door. I'm not sure how we're going to run it just yet. For Friday evening, uh, we're still working on the topics for Saturday, but the Friday evening thing, and I may do that with this fall camp coming up. Um, this is going to be specifically for people that either currently do or think they might want to in the near future run a training group or a dojo and um, uh, so we're going to be working on topics that uh, will allow instructors to uh, keep students coming to class right 
How do you get him to come back to class on a regular basis, right? And to not quit so so quickly or easily or whatever, right? So, um, uh, I don't know. It, we, we might split the topic between the two, and in one I'll talk about getting new students and, and structuring classes or whatever, but um, – I think uh, the, the one in Indiana, what we're talking about now, is basically answering, or, or not answering, but dealing with the the reality for instructors and, and group leaders and things that um, every class that you teach, right, students are either one step closer to black belt or their next level of black belt, or they're one step closer to the door, hmm. okay? And that doesn't mean that you coddle them or anything like that, but there are certain things that uh, that need to take place, and you know, it's based on 30 years of teaching and experience and uh, those kind of things. But, um, but again, here's, this goes back to your endurance question, right? I, I keep getting emails from people that uh, keep saying they, they need to get back to training or you know, they lost their motivation or whatever, right? Um, this isn't just the instructor's thing, right, that every, every class the instructor students are uh, one step closer to black belt or one step closer to the door. Every time we go to training, right, we're either one step closer to black belt or our next level of black belt, or we're one step closer to the uh, the wannabe pile, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be going back to training. I want to be working on sword. I want to be um, – so uh, part of this is, is getting a handle on, um, you know, motivation and – uh, influence and things like that. As a matter of fact, Josh is actually going through the Ninja Mind and Influence or Ninja Motivation and Influence program that we talked about a couple of uh, hmm. couple of shows ago, and he's really diving in. And um, you know, this is this is funny. I'll, I'll wrap this up here. Um, uh, you well, you you know, you've seen these things come in or whatever, where uh, people like to you know they they like to throw these things out and knock people or. You know, that technique would never work. You know, uh, I had a a friend of a friend of a college roommate who was jumped by somebody and stabbed, and he had taken martial arts, and there was nothing he could do. So uh, that technique is bullshit or, you know, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I I have to laugh because the people that I get the, you're doing a good job, and this is awesome information and your techniques, I mean, this is what we were looking for kind of thing. Those people typically are what we would say when I was in the military, they're in the shit. And what that means is mm. they're law enforcement, they're military, that you know, they're uh uh personal security, all that kind of stuff, right? They they live and die by this stuff. And these are the people who would be the first ones to call you on BS. Right? So the ones that I get the the, the stuff from is they're the dojo warriors where they don't have any experience outside the dojo, right? They're arguing uh, because their teacher said something, and so that's just the way it is, right? Um, whatever, right? So same thing with Josh, right? Josh is in the in the psych world, right? So mm-hmm. when he wanted to sign mm-hmm. up for this program, I had to do a quick little disclaimer like, you know, I mean, you went to school for this. You work this all the time. They said, yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm I'm always looking for, you know, little perspectives or whatever. And his biggest breakthrough at, the, at this point, um, based on the little email I just got from him, was um, some of it was reminders that, you know, he, that he kind of forgot to do. He knows he should, but 
he doesn't do all the time. So here's this thing. And then there were a couple of other ones that were just a, a different way of phrasing to motivate a certain personality type that was extremely helpful. Now, Josh mm-hmm. could have easily written me off because, you know, he has a degree. He's the one that works in the field. How dare I put a mm-hmm. program out like that, right? Right. So I always said it's the people that work in the, in the thing that respect people who have the experience and the direct application of things um, way more than the people that, you know, it's a, it's a recreational pastime. It's an, it's a, it's an interest. It's a, you know, or they just, they, they want to be the guy that, you know, does the, te- does the kata perfectly. And um, they're the guys that uh, I want to take back on a time machine to 13th century Japan and take them up to one of them, you know, take them up onto Togakure Mountain to one of those little roadside inns, you know, that are like a little restaurant kind of thing, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Little tea Uh bars, right? Yeah. We'll take them in there. I'd love to take them back in history, take them into one of those places, and let them sit down with one of these warriors that have scars all over their faces and let Mm. them, you know, discuss their theories about things. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if the warrior walked them outside handed them a sword and say, and, and, and would look at them and say, um, after this is over, I'll answer your questions. Hmm. Right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, uh, well, it's not going to matter. Maybe if you're right, uh, yeah. you're going to kill that warrior. If you're wrong, well, I guess he'll be talking to your corpse. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's easy to argue when you've got nothing yeah. on the line. It's just like back to the endurance stuff. If there's nothing on the line, you have no reason to get it right. You can sit in your whatever condition you're in right now and be okay and either theorize or bitch and moan and complain or whatever, but you're not losing anything. Well, you're losing time, effort, and energy. But, you know, it's not killing you to not move forward. Okay? What if... You know, what if the rug got pulled out from under you right now? What if what if somebody ended up right in your face? And one of the first lessons I learned from Arsumi Sensei way back in the day was um, when somebody gets in your face, okay, when somebody wants to attack you, you better get into white belt mentality, no matter what your black belt rank is. Hmm. Because if you're thinking from a position of arrogance because you have this level black belt, you know all this stuff, you're going to wipe the floor with this guy, um, you may just find that you're wrong. So, and besides that, the, the, it's always the arrogant ones that are surprised, right? Because yeah. they think they've got it all handled. So, anyway. Hmm. Boy, touchy subject today. Yeah. yeah. And if so you want anyway, more, uh, you want to make sure you find out when more episodes are coming up, uh, make sure you subscribe. Uh, you kind of oh, had a great yeah, point. We were thing, talking right? about that, yeah. uh, subscribing yeah. and, and making sure that you get those notices because, like in today's case, the uh, relying on Facebook wouldn't have helped you. Yeah, it wasn't until I got an email from uh, the email service provider that I use. I pay a lot of money to those people. They better let me know when bad things happen. Anyway, I got an email that um, the today's posting, it went out to the email list. But it didn't go, it didn't get automatically posted onto the Kuden page. And it's because Facebook just did an update. And there's a bug, there's a glitch in the update. So it will post to my personal page, but it won't 
post to the dojo page, the podcast, to any of those specialty pages, right? So what I had to do was go in and make a tweak right in the, you know, what, an hour and a half before this thing kicked on. One, I had to share it. Well, what I had to do, I had to go into the service and wire it so that it would post to my personal page because by default it posts to Kuden and then share it to um, to the Kuden page. Um, and then the other ones had to go to my personal page and all that. So if you're not connected to me on my personal page, uh, you wouldn't have seen it anyway. I think uh, one person did. Jimmy hmm. Ortiz, I think, saw it, right? Because everybody else is, you know, they, they've liked Kuden, so therefore that's where they're going to get their information. But, you know, this violates the, the primary rule of being an inf- information gatherer from the ninja, you know, whether it's police work and evidentiary procedure or whatever, you never, ever, 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 never, 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 ever, ever, I'll throw in one more never, ever, <laughs> rely on one source for your information, yeah. ever. If it fails, you're screwed, right? So always, 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 make sure that you have a backup, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. You know, so... Because if you don't, what's going to happen for most people? Most people are just going to blame the source. I would have known if that wouldn't have failed. Yeah, well, you would have known if you had two or three backups. So if one fails, you're still getting your friggin' information. Stop being a blamer. Stop being a pissing, moaning, whining little girl when things don't go your way. Make things go your way. They still, things will still go wrong. But at least you'll have the benefit of knowing that you know, you did everything within your power, and it just didn't work out this time. But you don't just half-ass it and then bitch and moan because the world didn't make up for your lack of effort or willingness. That's just bullshit, right? Be a freaking warrior. Be a man or a woman and step up. Sorry. There's your motivation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to go and check the AWeber service later and five people will have unsubscribed again because he hurt my feelings. <laughs> I don't want to hear what he says. He's not very motivational. Yeah, I am. It's just tip of the boot love instead of the granny love. Yeah, right. Right? Granny love is no matter how bad things are and how much you've screwed up, she's going to give you milk and cookies. Tip of the boot love is you come home and you show that same report card to dad, he's going to kick your ass into your room, ground you from everything for the entire freaking marking period so you get your shit together. Yeah. Right? Some people just naturally gravitate toward granny love because it feels better. They right. can feel good about being less of what they imagine themselves to be. Tip mm-hmm. the boot love hurts like hell. But, man, do you get much further. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. And you, you also learn to not do the things that get the tip of the boot in your ass, too, so... <laughs> yeah, it's like in class when we when we do uh, black belt training, right? Um, uh, you remember going through the first to second don stuff where um, you were you were told not to move, right? Yeah. And you get punched, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole idea was don't go too far away, go almost not far enough where you're taking the shot. And how much more quickly did your body learn where the safe space was? Um, right doing it that way than it did when you were moving way far away and then trying to creep in a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, right? 
Yeah. Your, yeah. your brain and body are wired to avoid the negative. So if you want to learn to manage the negative in a very powerful way, get your entire being in the process by putting yourself in the negative. Be willing to take the shot. Your body won't let you. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Anyway. All right. Great, thing, great yeah. advice, great stuff. Uh, yeah, so make sure you do subscribe because uh, it's really easy to do. You can go to modernninjawarrior.com slash kuden dash podcast uh, episodes and you can become an elite member with the extra benefits that are on there. You can get access to all the past episodes. I think we're up to like 63 with this one, so lots of them are there. Make sure you check that out and subscribe in addition to uh, following us on Facebook and, of course, that's a good place, too, where you can submit the questions uh, for future episodes. Unless Facebook dries up and goes the way of uh, MySpace. Remember that's that old right. thing? It could happen, that's actually yeah. The writing, that's actually the writing on the wall now. I've, I've seen the uh, the um, the business uh, premonitions and stuff that there are these other services that are poised to literally make Facebook what MySpace used to be. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be careful, right? Yes. Things can always yeah. change. <laughs> Excellent. All right. All right. Well, well, again, make sure you submit those questions. Get them to us for future episodes. We appreciate everybody being here with us uh, on Kuden and following along with the podcast. And uh, until uh, next week, uh, have a good week, sir. Absolutely. You too. Great. Thank you for listening to KUDEN, the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. For more information on upcoming martial arts seminars, camps, and classes with Sheehan Miller, or to submit a question or discussion topic to the show, call 570-884-1118 or visit warrior-concepts-online.com.